Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we're going to wrap up our series. We've been doing this series for two weeks now called Bring It to the Table. Bring it to the table, reconciliation over rhetoric. And as we've gone through this series, you know, this last two weeks, we were in Ephesians and hearing Paul's words to the church in Ephesus this morning to the words of Paul in Colossians. But as we, you know, get ready to move into the sermon this morning, a question for you, because Thursday is what? Just want to make sure you know what day it was. And think about Thanksgiving Day, what is usually the the main thing, the, the, the prime thing that you think about when it comes to Thanksgiving Day? Food, mostly probably a turkey, right? Oh, so does it look really good? That picture up there is just nicely. I don't know how many of your turkey looks like that. But a question for you, and I just think about, you know, what is the best way to cook the turkey? There's probably about four ways you can typically cook a turkey. What Anya's got an answer. Is it good? You like turkey? Yeah, turkey's good. She's like, yeah. You know, you can you can do the old fashioned. You can roast the turkey. Or you could um, fry the turkey, you could grill the turkey, or you could smoke the turkey. So just this is a quick survey, really quick. I want to see, you know, which you think is the best way. How many of you would like to have a roasted turkey? Okay. How many of you would do like the um, fried turkey? Not many of you. Is that because you're all health conscious or because you're afraid of like fires? <laughs> fires. Okay, so we had uh, roasted turkey, fried turkey. How about a grilled turkey? A few. Smoked turkey? Yeah. I'm a little bit biased because I'm smoking a turkey. <laughs> you know, but no matter how you do it, I mean, as long as it's, it's just juicy, 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 as long as it is juicy, you know, it is, it's, it's good, right? Whether it's fried or roasted or grilled or smoked, the smoke is the best. <laughs> and a smoked turkey does not tend to look like that. It tends to be a little more shrivelly looking and reddish color. But it's good. But, you know, it's funny. You gather and you have a turkey and you can have smoked turkey. I mean, a lot of us said, yes, smoked turkey and roasted turkey. One person or two persons said fried turkey because we're scared. Of the- That's the reason I don't fry turkey. I'm afraid things in a... I know me. It wouldn't be safe. <laughs> or a grilled turkey. But, you know, I, I thought about this, and I thought, you know, really, you know, what is the best turkey on Thanksgiving Day? I, in the next picture, will give you an idea of the best turkey on Thanksgiving Day. The best turkey on Thanksgiving Day is the turkey that somebody else made and that you get to eat and enjoy. <laughs> Though I really do enjoy smoking the turkey, the whole process to it. It's also a lot of fun when we've been someone else's place, and then they gave you all the work. And you just brought the side dishes, you know. You brought some rolls or something like that. And you just can sit down and eat it, and then maybe leave. And they get the mess to clean up. <laughs> but it is. We head into Thanksgiving time, and it's a time that we gather together, often with family, maybe with friends. And we gather around the table with people that maybe we have not been around on a regular basis, maybe some that we've been around with a regular basis. And so this series, you know, as we look at what does it mean to kind of gather around the table and what does it really mean to live in conversation with each other? And really, this is what this series has been about as we've looked in Ephesians and today in Colossians. It answers this question for us here. And the question is, how does being a follower of Jesus affect our relationship with others? How does being a follower of Jesus affect our relationship with others. 
Because being a follower of Jesus means that we know and we live in his love. And if we know and live in his love, his love shapes our lives. It shapes our conversations. It shapes our attitudes. It shapes our actions. It shapes our responses to other people. His love poured out into us through his son, Jesus Christ. And this is really what Paul's letters are all about. Sometimes, you know, I, I, I've, I've done this myself. I've read these words, and I kind of think, wow, am I really, you know, doing and being what I should be? And, and I, well, not always. But Paul, when he writes these words, he's encouraging us, and sometimes the language that is used there, depending on the translation you have, it may capture this, is to walk in this way. And what Paul is saying is to let this love that God has for you and Jesus, let that love shape you. And this is a daily thing, and more than a daily thing, that's a part of our lives, letting God's love shape us. Because if you're like me, and because you're human, I know you are, um, there are times you think, yes, God's love has shaped me in this moment. I, I know that the way I responded to someone, the way that I spoke to someone, the attitude that I had, the forgiveness and grace that I gave to someone, the kind action that I had, that was living in God's love and sharing that love. But I can tell you that because you're human, I know you're like me, there's also moments I'm like, yeah... I, I, that was a moment when I was not living in God's love, when God's love was not shaping me. But in hearing these words in Colossians, and again, this letter that Paul writes to this group of Christians here, and this was a major metropolitan area. A lot of businesses and people collect from all over the, the known world came here because of the business and kind of the crossroads of, of cultures. And so there's a lot of different groups that lived here. And Paul writes these words, and he's writing them again about how do they live in Jesus' love. And he writes these words here, verse 5. Let's read together. Be wise in the way you act toward those who are outside the Christian faith. Make the most of your opportunities. So Paul is saying here, you know, as believers, as followers of Jesus, he says, don't go, you know, live all by yourselves in your community of Jesus' followers, in your church community. But you're going to, in the business world, you're going to be interacting with other people. So make the most of those opportunities that you have to interact with other people. But as you do that, he's saying, you know, God's love for you and Jesus is what's going to shape your interactions with those people. God's love for you and Jesus is going to shape your words that you speak. So be wise. Give thought to how you interact with those who are outside the faith. Now, that doesn't mean we can't be wise in the way we interact with those inside the faith. You know, we are called to love one another as Jesus loved us. And Jesus says, even we had this in our youth group, Ed's group this morning, you know, where Jesus says in John that, you know, love one another as I have loved you. But we're also called to love those who are not Christians, those who don't know Jesus or believe, you know, that Jesus is who we believe that he is. Be wise of the way you act towards those who are outside the Christian faith. Make the most of those opportunities. Because often what happens is not just the words that we share, but it's the way that we live our lives that give an example of God's love for others and how they see us interacting with them and the things going on in our world and our lives. And then Paul continues with these words here. Next verse 6. Everything, let's read this together. Everything you say should be kind and well thought out so that you know how to answer everyone. 
Now, if you're familiar with this translation, this one is, is a little more kind of working the words, but the more literal words are, let your words be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Let your words be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Now, when we think about grace, you know, we think about, again, God's grace toward us. And one way to define grace is getting something we don't deserve. Do we deserve God's love? No. We don't deserve God's love. But does God love us? Yeah. Does he love you? You should say that with a lot more conviction. Does God love you? Yes, he does. Does God love you despite the many times you've disobeyed him? Yes. Yes. Does God love you because you obey him? No. Does God love you because God loves you? Yes. God loves you. God loves everyone. I mean, that's that passage, John 3, 16. God loves the world. You, me, those people who think and act like we do, those family members and neighbors that we get along with, and those who are far different in their whole spectrum of life. God loves everyone. And so that grace that he gives to us is how Paul is saying, now from that grace should flow from us and out of us grace with our thoughts and with our words. That it should be like seasoned with salt. And, and salt, you know, nowadays, you know, we can go and buy you know, just salt. You can get plain old iodized. Man, sometimes, you know, iodized salt. Um, or you can get the special salt, you know, Mediterranean salt, Himalayan salt. Um, and we use the salt to do what? To season things. You know, when it says season with salt, that doesn't mean we're supposed to be a salty personality. And, and as my son would sometimes say to me, Dad, um, you use old people, you know, images that other people may, may not, maybe don't know what it means. You know, if you're a salty personality, it means you're rough around the edges. It means you're kind of like cranky. You're like putting salt into someone's wound. And if you don't know what that feels like, it hurts. But rather that we had flavoring, that, that our words add depth to food. Because, you know, like I said, I like to smoke a turkey. And even if you don't smoke a turkey, if you grill it or brine it, I'm not sure about frying it because I haven't tried that yet. Um, usually you um, brine the turkey. If you know what brining is, brining is usually a salt water and some other, you know, herbs and stuff like that to add some flavor and some depth to the turkey. So if you're going to smoke a turkey, if you've never smoked a turkey before, brine it for about 24 hours or so because that will add a lot more moisture and depth to the flavor of the turkey. In the same way, Paul is saying that our words should be full of grace and they should add her depth to the conversation. They should offer depth into people's lives. And of course, that depth ultimately is the depth of God's love as we interact with one another, as we share God's love with one another. Everything you say should be what? Kind and well thought out so that you know how to answer everyone. Your words be full of grace and seasoned with salt. As Paul writes these words again, you know, there's a number of things to think about. And I just want to reiterate this. As we talk about Paul, because it's easy to take Paul and his words and make it something that is like this. If you're a good Christian, you should be doing this and not this. 
Let's put Paul's words into the greater context of what Paul says to us. The first is that it is never about proving ourselves to others. So as we talk about walking in this faith, we talk about living and sharing God's love. It's not about proving ourselves to others. I don't have to prove, you know, to you that God loves me or that, you know, um, God's love for me is also God's love for you. I do, but I don't. But it's not about proving it by my obedience. It's also not about, you know, proving to others like, hey, I'm more holy than you. That's more what I'm looking at. Um, It's also not about proving ourselves to God. Because again, does God love me by how well I show love to others? Thankfully not. Especially when I'm in the roundabout. That is not the most fun place for me. I've said that before. I was behind somebody the other day. I'm like, just just go. Just go. Um, it's never about proving ourselves to God. We don't have to prove ourselves to God. Because if we did, again, we would be, you know, on how well we kind of follow what God called us to be and how well we really did not follow God's calling into our lives. Rather, it's about living in the love God has for us, of how his love shapes our lives. The more that we are seasoned with God's love, again, think about seasoning with salt, the more we are seasoned with God's love, the more that seasoning, the more the seasoning is part of our lives, the more that seasoning is part of our conversations, our, our actions, and our attitudes. A few verses earlier, Paul writes about it this way. And you got three slides here. Let's read this together. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dressed in the wardrobe God picked out for you, compassion, kindness, humility, quiet, strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly as completely as the Lord forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Now, if you're more familiar with like the NIV or ESV or something, translation, it's a little bit different. But I love the way this kind of phrases this concept here that Paul says. You know, and regardless of what else you put on, wear what? Wear love. As, as the scriptures say, they will know, you know, we are Christians. We are followers of Jesus by our what? By our love, not by our obedience, not by our hate, not by our, you know, abstaining from certain things in this world, not by the way things we do or say ultimately, they will know that we are by our love. And that is, we think about this garment that we put on, this basic all-purpose garment is love. And Paul says, never be without it. So as we plan to gather with family and friends, as we interact with coworkers, classmates, family members, neighbors, strangers. The garment, the basic garment that we put on each and every day, a reminder of our baptism, is love. That love is ultimately is what shapes our attitude, our action, and our words. It's the love of God poured into us through Jesus Christ. So as we gather, you know, for Thanksgiving, I think there's a number of things that we sometimes try to do that yet I think we're called not to be. The first is this one here. God calls us to a higher vision than simply getting through it. Think about that for a moment. When you gather with Thanksgiving, family and friends, some of those siblings that have different ideas than you have, maybe, you know, they're for Iowa. 
that God calls us to do more just simply get through, you know, Thanksgiving, to get through this conversation, to get through this relationship. God's not calling us to bail out on this world, but to be a part of this world. Secondly, God calls us to a higher vision than simply jazzing up for it. You're thinking, what does he mean by that? Um, I don't know how many of you sometimes when you prepare for a conversation, you know you're going to be with certain people. You begin playing in your mind how you're going to say what you're going to say and do what you're going to do. Maybe even get in there and stir the pot just a little bit. Anyone do that? I've done that before. I've been accused of doing that before and they were right. You're like, you just did that to stir the pot. I did, because the two of you were in such political spectrums. It was fun just to throw something out there and watch you. <laughs> probably wasn't the, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I did do that, and it was kind of fun. Um, but God is calling us to do more than jazzing things up. Ultimately, God calls us to live lives full of grace and love. God calls us to live lives full of grace and love. So let me ask you the question again. I know I asked you this, you know, already more than once. Does God love you? Yes. Does God love the person that you find the most irritating? Yes. Does God love the person that agrees with you in most every way? Does God love the person that disagrees with you in most every way? Does God love the person that's sitting at the roundabout not going? <laughs> yes. He does. I have to remember that. God does. God loves everyone. Now, as those who follow Jesus, we know God's love. And the scripture speaks a lot about us sharing that love with each other. But Paul especially talks about how this love then becomes a witness to those who don't know him. To those who are, you know, it's outside the faith. So that we think about and we make use of every opportunity we have through our words, through our attitudes, and our actions to share the love God has for the world in Jesus. You know, here at Holy Savior, we talk about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. And one of the ways we're growing in Jesus is growing in that love. That means we will not always be walking in the way we should be walking, talking the way we should be talking, having the attitudes we should be having, having the actions that should be our actions. But living in his love also means we know we are forgiven every opportunity you know, is an opportunity to share that love. And when we falter and fail, you know, we go to the God of love and seek his forgiveness, his restoration, and are renewed by his grace to share that love. And of course, you know, sharing his love, think about that this coming week as you gather with family and friends. What are the opportunities you have to share God's love with your family? To share his love through our words, our attitudes, and our actions. And then here's a challenge as we head into this holiday week and kind of into the whole holiday season. What is one way you can be gracious with your words and attitudes this holiday season? Just think about that. As you plan to gather with family and friends, as you're posting things on social media, one way you can be gracious with your words and attitudes this holiday season. Basically, is how can I take this love that I know is mine in Jesus and let it season everything that I do and everything that I am. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us no matter what. Lord, no matter how many times we are 
doing things our own way, no matter how many times we know what we should be doing and yet don't do with that, and how many times our words, our attitudes, and our actions do not line up with your love. You love us. Lord, we pray that you, know, you season our lives with your love and that we live in such confidence and certainty of that love that it does season our words, our attitudes, and our actions. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.